Welcome to the Albany Update with Reverend Jason J. McGuire, Executive Director of New Yorkers for Constitutional Freedoms. Now with this week's Albany Update, here's Jason McGuire. Hello and welcome to this week's program. This week, I'm at a national leaders conference. We've been looking at a number of issues, including the coming midterms, what a post-Roe America may look like, and the 2024 presidential election. I'll have more on that in the weeks to come, but for today, let's get into this week's news. On July 20th, Governor Kathy Hochul signed a package of eight bills into law that hope to improve services for human trafficking victims and survivors. The governor says, we must do everything in our power to end the scourge of human trafficking and protect thousands of individuals who fall to this abhorrent practice in New York. New Yorkers should know the signs of human trafficking and be ready to lend a hand to stand up for victims. On this point, we can agree with the governor. The new laws will ensure locations such as airports, bus terminals, hotels, and truck stops prominently feature information on human trafficking. They are intended to inform employees and visitors of crucial information about the wicked practice of human trafficking, as well as provide discreet ways for victims to learn of their rights and the resources available to them. Approved measures include requiring human trafficking-related curriculum to be included in alcohol training awareness, as well as requiring employees of lodging facilities to be trained to recognize victims of human trafficking. The package included legislation requiring the state thruway authority to post information signs and cards to promote services for the victims of human trafficking. Truck stops, port authority bus terminals, and airports would be required to post similar information for victims. Assemblymember Amy Paulin, a Democrat from Scarsdale, said, Every day, women and girls are forced by sex traffickers to sell themselves to men with expendable income. I'm proud to have authored legislation to combat the illegal sex trafficking industry, which requires the publicity of critical support services for victims in main transportation hubs, as well as training for hotel workers so that they can spot and report trafficking. Sex trafficking is often conducted in plain sight, but is not identified and depends on lodging and transportation to operate. By reaching victims at these intersections, where they can be identified and connected to services, we can offer them a lifeline to safety and freedom. As a part of our Justice and Mercy agenda, New Yorkers for Constitutional Freedoms is supportive of the enacted legislation. And in other news, in not much more than a month, millions of New York school-aged children will be returning to the classroom. That has parents, kids, faculty, staff, and school administrators wondering what, if any, COVID mandates will continue to be imposed upon schools. At a July 20th media availability, Governor Kathy Hochul spoke to this matter. The governor said, quote, Right now everybody is going to ask about are our kids going to need tests or masks in schools. This was a big issue last year. Right now we are saying they don't. That we don't currently, based on today's numbers, anticipate the need for masks in classrooms. But I'm going to reserve the right to return to this policy. If the numbers change, the circumstances change, and the severity of the illnesses changes. While there is reason for encouragement in Ms. Hochul's remarks, there is also cause for concern. Governor Hochul has continued to extend a state of emergency that grants her special powers for imposing COVID restrictions. For the moment, 
the governor is indicating that students will not face a mask mandate this fall. But by her own admission, that could change. It's unlikely that Governor Hochul will reimpose a mask mandate, however. The governor understands the raw politics of her COVID protocols. It's an election year, and there is a very real chance that a red wave could sweep through New York. Governor Hochul can't fall back into unpopular measures that would only help her Republican opponent. I expect that she'll steer clear of anything that reminds New Yorkers of COVID lockdowns until after the November election. In addition, the last standing court decision regarding school mask mandates came from Nassau County. It found that the Hochul-imposed mandate was unconstitutional. The governor's administration had the opportunity to appeal the decision, but chose not to do so. I don't think the governor wants this case back in court. While the state is distributing millions of COVID test kits to schools ahead of the September start dates, New Yorkers for Constitutional Freedoms was successful in keeping a COVID vaccination mandate from being imposed upon students. The next time this kind of legislation is likely to be considered is January 2023. And now, turning to a national issue, on July 20th, the U.S. House of Representatives passed a measure entitled the Respect for Marriage Act, or the RMA. It's known as House Resolution 8404. But the title of the Respect for Marriage Act is the antithesis of respecting marriage. Should it become law, this bill would require recognition of same-sex marriages nationwide and repeal the Defense of Marriage Act, which defined marriage as a union between one man and one woman. President, then-Senator Joe Biden, the Delaware Democrat, and U.S. Senator Chuck Schumer, the New York Democrat, both voted for the Defense of Marriage Act in 1996. The Defense of Marriage Act was signed by President Bill Clinton, a Democrat. In a statement opposing the measure, Representative Claudia Tenney, a Republican from New York's 22nd Congressional District, said, quote, Democrats deliberately rushed this bill through Congress without any committee hearings, markups, or input from relevant stakeholders to avoid having a real debate. Had we followed the rules and debated this bill openly in committee, Republicans would have made clear that same-sex marriage is already protected in America and not under threat, making this bill completely unnecessary. There are multiple concerns with the legislation. First, under the RMA, the federal government must recognize as valid any marriage recognized as valid by a state, including polygamy, which would also have a significant impact on not just public morality, but tax and welfare provisions. Second, it's a declaration by Congress that failure to recognize same-sex marriage is functionally no different than censoring free speech or denying someone the right to free speech. It places same-sex marriage on par with other fundamental rights. Also, Enacting the RMA leaves religious individuals and organizations vulnerable to harassing lawsuits and legal liability if they decline to recognize same-sex marriages or grant them the same rights as marriage between two people of opposite sexes. Finally, the RMA lays a foundation for the IRS or other federal agencies to strip tax-exempt status from religious nonprofits that do not affirm same-sex marriage. Following the vote, Nicole Hudgens, Government Affairs for Family Policy Alliance, stated, 
Democratic leadership is desperate to change the news cycle. This vote is an attempt to appease their far-left base before the November election and distract Americans from the failures of the Biden administration and the Democrat-run Congress. Unfortunately, 47 Republicans linked arms with Speaker Pelosi's agenda. Those 47 Republicans include all but one of New York's GOP delegation. Republican representatives Elise Stefanik, Lee Zeldin, Chris Jacobs, Andrew Garbarino, John Katko, and Nicole Maliotakis all voted in favor of codifying same-sex marriage rights. Representative Claudia Tenney was the only New York member to vote against the bill. Now, a smattering of Senate Republicans is folding on the marriage issue, including most prominently Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell, the Kentucky Republican. While it should come as no surprise considering where the Democratic Party stands, New York's two Democratic U.S. Senators, Majority Leader Charles Schumer and Kirsten Gillibrand, support the legislation. H.R. 8404, the quote-unquote Respecting Marriage Act, may have sufficient votes in the Senate to break the 60-vote filibuster and pass that chamber as well. Are you sensing the need to go to prayer? So am I. In John 15, 4 and 5, Jesus reminds his followers, As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself, unless it abides in the vine, neither can you, unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me, and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. With this understanding, we invite our friends and supporters to pray that much fruit will grow in our great state. Here are several prayer requests for the month of August. America's pro-life movement has been emboldened in recent months, but in New York, Democratic elected officials are doing everything they can to expand abortion access. Pray that these efforts will ultimately fail, and that New Yorkers' hearts will turn toward protecting life. In last month, Governor Kathy Hochul and the Democratic supermajorities in Albany gave first passage to an amendment that would enshrine not only abortion rights, but also special rights for people who identify as lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender in our state constitution. Before New Yorkers will have an opportunity to vote for or against this amendment, it will require second passage during the next legislative session. Pray that the bill never sees second passage. And in Congress, as noted earlier in this program, there is a heavy push to enshrine marriage between persons of the same sex into our federal law. The measure has already passed the U.S. House of Representatives. It now heads to the U.S. Senate. Pray that this measure fails and that Americans will see the benefits of marriage as God designed. And our state continues to suffer from a scourge of violence, particularly in urban areas. While some legislators see a gun problem, New Yorkers for constitutional freedoms sees a sin problem. Pray that depraved hearts will yield to the truth of the gospel and be eternally changed. And presumably to restrain gun violence, Governor Kathy Hochul signed into law a measure that makes it a felony for a church congregant to carry a firearm in a house of worship. The new law takes effect September 1st. Pray that no gunman will see people of faith as soft targets, but a safe place to go to experience healing for the hatred in their heart. New Yorkers for Constitutional Freedoms is grateful for several new laws that hope to improve services for human trafficking victims and survivors.
Also, the Congressional and State Senate primaries are Tuesday, August 23rd. Please pray that the Christian community will turn out in droves to choose candidates that will best reflect godly character in office. And finally, while our organization finished 2021 financially strong, the first six months of 2022 have been more difficult. We're tracking almost 15% behind our mid-year goal. It's going to be a huge election year, giving social conservatives their best chance of picking up seats since at least 2010. We cannot afford to miss this unique moment in electoral politics because of something as small as a lack of funding. Please pray that much-needed funding will be realized in time to make a difference in this year's election cycle. Well, as you can tell, there's a lot going on in our organization, at the state level, and at the national level. And as I'm recording this week from Arizona, I look forward to being at Kingdom Bound next week in Six Flags, Darien Lake. I'll be speaking at a number of seminars there, and I hope to see many of our supporters at that Christian music festival. Well, that about sums it up for today, but as you can tell, it's been a busy summer around this organization, around the state, and around the nation. I'm looking forward to a little downtime as well during the month of August, and I hope that each of you are finding times to also relax and enjoy some summertime. The fight will intensify in the coming months, so take a breather while you can, and then we'll get back into the battle as the legislative and election season swings into focus. Thanks again for joining us on this program. You have been listening to the Albany Update, hosted by the Reverend Jason J. McGuire, Executive Director of New Yorkers for Constitutional Freedoms. New Yorkers for Constitutional Freedoms exists to influence legislation and legislators for the Lord Jesus Christ. To learn more about this ministry, issues you've heard on the program, or to make a financial contribution in support of New Yorkers for Constitutional Freedoms, visit albanyupdate.com or call 585-225-2340. Additionally, you can mail correspondence to P.O. Box 107, Spencerport, New York, 14559. You can receive the latest legislative updates at facebook.com slash albanyupdate. Follow New Yorkers for Constitutional Freedoms on Twitter at albanyupdate or sign up to receive the weekly Albany Update email by texting the word FREEDOM to 22828.